Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today, we're kicking off a brand new week talking about how to become a better athlete. And today's topic is all about what exercises you need to avoid. A lot of coaches out there are putting rubbish programs together. We're going to tell you how to spot them. Welcome to the show, everyone. It's time to rock. If you're new to the tribe, Rich is behind the mix. My name is Rad Burmeister, and we are Unity Gym, experts at turning driven people into athletes. This episode is brought to you by the Unify Movement System, the only online program effectively balancing strength, flexibility, and fitness into easy-to-do workouts so you can unleash your inner athlete. You can get daily coaching by us, plus our epic Foundations Prep Program and revolutionary Structural Balance Blueprint to create your ideal program and optimize your performance. As a valued listener, use the link in the description and get your first month absolutely free. Now, I'm excited to announce that this weekend, we are going to be having an epic flash sale for one of our phenomenal programs. I'm going to announce which program it is later in the week, so make sure you don't miss out. It's a great opportunity to get one of our great programs at a really awesome discount. Now, before we get started, warm welcome if you're on the live stream in the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group. Leave a comment and we'll send you some love. Remember, anyone can join and interact. Hello, Lainey, and hello, Stephen. Thanks for giving me a little shout out there. Welcome to the show, guys. And I look forward to seeing you in our UMS online coaching call straight after this show. And lastly, shout out to our YouTube athletes catching the replay. Hit the like button to support the channel and subscribe if you like what you see. How are you today, Richie? I'm good, Rad. Thank you. Another week, another new topic. It's mm-hmm. going to be a good one. Mm. Yeah, it's a fun one, this one, isn't it? How was your weekend? Good. Yeah. Caught up with um, a few friends and went out with my girlfriend, had a nice lunch out, and it was good weather as well. Starting to get a bit colder now. Yeah, it is, hey. A bit chilly now. Yeah, I've, I put my um, uh, skins on this morning. If you if you don't know what that is overseas, they're the um, compression where you know the stuff that sticks to your body that <coughs> keeps you warm in winter <laughs> and uh, I pulled those out this morning when I was right before I rode my scooter to work and I was still freezing I'm so happy that I wore them <laughs> anyway I had a great weekend I went to Taronga Zoo with my um, with my family with my son and my beautiful wife it was awesome so anyway look today's show is all about um, we, we really want to talk about functional training and I don't know buzzwords of, of things that are that are really hopeless that really aren't aren't getting you there or aren't getting you to where you want want to uh, to get and <clears throat> you know I guess before you even go down that road you, the first thing that we have to do is you, you have to draw a line in the sand and define what it is that you want out of your training because if you're training to be entertained then by all means be entertained and there's some really entertaining workouts out there that wouldn't wouldn't fit into the category of what we call useful training. They can be quite useless, but they're entertaining and they'll get you fit. You know, they'll keep you moving. They're a truckload better than doing nothing, that's for sure. So if that's what you're into and that's why you want to train, then go for it. We want more than that. We want more than just being entertained. Personally, if I'm not seeing objective improvements in my strength, flexibility, fitness and Skill is the biggest one for me. Skill. I want to be learning movement skills. Everything that I do all is, you know, driven towards calisthenics and acrobatics and movement mastery. 
And if I'm not seeing progression in those areas, then I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. And what we've found is that, unfortunately for most people, you actually have to do a hell of a lot more volume than what most people understand in order to get stronger, more flexible, and fitter. I mean, anybody's probably, maybe not anybody, but if you've ever tried to get fitter and lose fat, you know, just from going out and running or doing cardio, you'd know you have to do a bit of it. You have to do it several days a week and you have to do it for, you know, at least I'd say 30 minutes at a time, maybe a bit longer, unless you're doing, you know, HIIT training, which you really can't do more than a couple of times a week. So as soon as you add in, okay, I also want to get stronger and I also want to get more flexible. Now, all of a sudden, you've got three goals that are really good goals that all require a certain amount of time of training. So if you aren't optimizing the time that you have in a day and doing the things that are really going to make an impact on your goals and on your body, then I'd argue that it's a waste of time. I really would. And Richard and I have, have candidly had conversations in the past week where we, we pull up some of this crap that we're seeing people post on Instagram, these um, Fitspo people, you know, fitness professionals. Um, maybe I'm a Fitspo person. I don't know. Maybe that's a category that I fall in. But um, and uh, and it's just rubbish, isn't it, Richie? Like you were showing me some of the exercises that this girl was doing in her lounge room at yeah, home. Not, and yeah, it's not just girls, sorry. But uh, there was also this guy that was promoting the workouts that he, he was doing. And like you looked at the movements and yeah, it, it looked like they were fun, interesting, new variations definitely different, you know? <laughs> of other things that you've seen. But man, like uh, it, uh, it does my head in really. It does my head in with how people are just making things overcomplicated and interesting and shelving like what's Rhyme required yeah. what's required in a workout to get strength yeah. more muscle like, I, re I remember having this conversation with tony Bataji and i said to him i said why would you do shoulder presses and squats when you can do squat thrusters you know, like a squat thruster, if you don't know what that is, it's where you hold a barbell hey, front racked. Makes sense. You get two exercises done in That's one. right. It made sense to me. And he said to me, he said, good question. But ju just to clarify, if you don't know what a squat thruster is, you hold a barbell in a front squat position, you do a squat, and then when you get to the top, you press it above your head. And I asked him, I said, this is, this is uh, a decade ago that this conversation happened. And I said to him, um, you know, why wouldn't you do that? You, you, you're getting the same two movements, but in half the time, and it also adds fitness. And he smiled and he said, because you can't lift as much weight as you can shoulder press, and you definitely can't squat as much weight as you can squat. So you're never actually training the squat or the shoulder press to its maximum capacity, which yep. means you're never going to see significant strength improvements in either of those movement patterns. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And that's what happens when you overcomplicate an exercise movement. You try to do a, a Cossack squat lunge with a, a jump in there yeah. uh, with a twist and <laughs> and you, you justify because like, oh, you're working on mobility at the same time as working on your single leg strength and, fitness and your squat and, strength yeah, and yeah. cardiovascular. You're adding so many like components to that one movement that you're not getting a great result for any of them. Yep, yep. And if you can, I mean, like for me, if I can, I mean, I've, I've my best front squat, uh, I think I've done 125 kilos for, for 10 or 11 reps or something like that. So that's definitely not my best uh, high weight squat. I just remember that that was something that I did once. Um, but if I squat, did squat thrusters, I would 
barely be able to do 60 kilos. Yeah. So, and and then if I was doing 60 kilo squat thrusters, uh, I would gas out at 10 reps max. Like I'd be wrecked at 10 reps of 60 kilos. And, I'd, and it wouldn't be my legs that were dying. It would just be my entire system. My energy systems yeah. would be what was, you know, what fatigued the soonest. So... It, that's not really going to help my squat. I mean, it's going to help your squat better than not squatting. Of course, it's going Look, to. Look, if you're if you're doing weightlifting and you're practicing those movements with a barbell and that's mm. your thing, then a thruster might actually be a good exercise to practice for that um, that skill aspect of. Uh, but again, if we're not talking about that, then it does have very little carryover into getting a stronger squat and other things. But that's a really good point that you make, Richie, because if you're a weightlifter, you're a specialist. Yeah. And as a specialist, a weightlifting involves, usually weightlifting is about a clean and jerk and a snatch. That's Those are the two weightlifting movements that are uh, competed. So all the training that you do revolves around getting a better clean and jerk and a snatch. Now, there's a place I could see, I'm not a weightlifter and I'm not, I don't write weightlifting programs, but I'm sure that there is a place for something like a squat thruster in a weightlifter's program because yeah. it has relevance to weightlifting. But when you're, when you're a specialist and when you're a weightlifter and you're doing things like that, generally speaking, you're training, you're much more serious than the average person. You're probably training you know, for a couple of hours a day rather than just an hour. And what we're talking about here is for the average punter, the person out there that struggles to find more than an hour, maybe an hour and a half a day, five or six days a week. And if that's you, my God, you want to be making sure that that hour or hour and a half is going to count. Because personally, when I, if I trained for an hour and a half a day, and I train a lot more than that, but if I train, and there's times where I only train for an hour and a half a day, there are periods of time where that happens. Um, if I do that for five days a week or six days a week, and I do that for two or three months, if I haven't objectively improved in strength, flexibility, or fitness, or at least for me at my level, because I usually train more than that, if I haven't maintained what I've got, man, I'm pissed off. Like what a, what a useless uh, waste of time, you know? Like hmm. why spend that much time? That's like, like we're talking close to 10 hours a week. Um, on something that isn't really moving the needle towards where you want to go. Yeah, you really want to choose these exercises um, well. Yep. You know, pick the bang for your buck, the um, the most effective versions for what you want to achieve. Otherwise, yeah, you're wasting time. You're going to look back and you're going to be like, well, where have I gone? Yep. What have and, I achieved? And, you know, if you go to, you know, you only need to scroll through Instagram and if you, if you type in, I don't know what, I don't know what I type in to see what I, I get on my feed. But when you look at these, the people that we're referring to here, people that have hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of followers, and they're posting a new workout every day because that's what gets the likes, that's what gets the views, that's what gets the new followers. If they're not relevant, if, they, if they're just posting the same crap over and over again, you don't get that same engagement on social media. So that it, it's driven by, you know, the, these fitness professionals that are trying to grow an audience to then be able to sell to them. So when you're looking at these workouts that have where, you, where you're following someone and every day they're showing something new, that is not the best way to train. It's so far from the best way to train. Mm. If you went and worked with a professional strength and conditioning coach for the, for athletes, for the people that, that we're all really wanting to be like, you know, like when you look at people that are at the top of their field in, in athletics or sports or anything that have these amazing physiques and can really perform, they don't train like that. 
they follow periodized programs and um yeah mo most of the time that's what they're doing and so when you i mean richard you showed me a video the other day of this girl and she was doing like it was something like a push-up with dumbbells she was doing a push-up then a row on one arm yep. then a push-up then a row on the other arm then jumping up and then a shoulder press or something weird or a shoulder press with one arm single arm squat then another single arm squat and then back down and doing it again seems fun <laughs> it challenge me yeah yeah it's just it, it's a really uh, it's, it's, it's really annoying. but it's really the other thing that um is slightly you know misleading about these workouts is the the person that does it is quite often for a male quite large and strong and muscular and i'm telling you right now he didn't get that way from those workouts yeah that's right he got yeah. that way from hitting the gym hard lifting a lot of weight yeah very similar to how we do it here yeah, yeah. and he's cr he's created a, a nice fun workout for his followers yeah um that doesn't replicate what he actually does yep um yep yep absolutely right yeah, and I mean, that's a really important thing to understand. You know, nobody gets really jacked from doing these um, crazy workouts where all they're doing is lifting a. Not just jacked, but strong. Yeah, like a yeah. 15 kilo dumbbell, but doing all these crazy movements with it. Like, you just don't build muscle like that. Kurt Dyer uh, on the live stream here is saying, Master simplicity, then begin to build. That's absolutely right, Kurt. And I'll give you a little bit of insight into the evolution of the UMS. You know, before we were ever doing an online program, we were, we've, we've had Unity Gym for eight years now at the time of this recording. And we've gone through a lot of different iterations in our um, training program. And we've gone from, because we knew these principles about strength and conditioning many, many years ago. But when you open your own business, immediately you have to pay rent, you have to pay electricity, you have to pay all these bills. And so you really start feeling the pinch of, well, we need members and we need to make money. And we went through a period of time where we were doing workouts that were designed to entertain people. They were group training exercises that were very similar to CrossFit wads using very similar movements and we were just making up our own ones, you know. And it really was about, um, it was trying to create balanced workouts through pushing and pulling movements, but, it, but the, the main driving force behind them was entertainment to keep people entertained and coming back. We've also, since I've learned about calisthenics and movement style training and locomotion and flow, we've had long periods of time where that was a big part of our program. We did a lot more of it. There's a little bit in there now still. You can see it in mostly in the warm-up. You can see some of the locomotion and flow of what we do and some of the spine waves and things like that because some of it is, is um, unbelievable and the best stuff that I've ever done. Uh, and I still do locomotion and flow. Um, very much in my training, like the phase four of the um, at-home workouts is all animal flow stuff. But I, we don't teach it in our classes anymore or in our UMS online coaching at all because <clears throat> when we only have an hour to train people, and we did do that, we had people that were training with us five days a week for a year. Now, if you did that, if you trained, if you turned up every day early, trained five days a week, stayed a bit late to do some stretching, you'd expect to see some significant improvements in what you can do, wouldn't you, Richie? Yeah. I bloody would. I yeah. would. If I went to a gym where there's coaches that are training me every day and I put faith in their program and I went there every day for an hour after a year, I would expect to see improvements. Now, what we saw in our most senior students is that they didn't improve that much in their strength or flexibility. Their fitness, they did. They got a lot fitter. But their raw strength, like the ability to deadlift, you know, do weighted pull-ups, shoulder press, bench press, whatever, 
handstand push-ups, muscle-ups. Didn't improve that much, same with their flexibility. And what we did was, we went back to the drawing board and we reviewed our notes, things that we'd known for over a decade of how much volume is required in one workout on the one muscle group in order to improve strength in that lift or mm. to build muscle in that lift or whatever it is. And if you look at across the majority of um, the literature, if you want to increase strength, raw strength, meaning to go from a 100 kilo uh, squat, back squat, to 150 kilo back squat for five reps. Like that's a raw strength in increase. Um, most of the literature says you have to do between 25 to 50 repetitions on the same muscle group where you're doing a high intensity, meaning you're lifting five reps or less per set. Now, if you then think about the amount of rest that's required in order to lift maximal load on the muscle group, where you really need a minimum of three to four minutes rest on the same muscle group, then, and you look at even if you want the minimum of 25 reps, so now you've got to do five sets of five reps, you need four minutes rest, you're looking at 30 minutes just to be able to get the strength movements done there. Then when you add a warm up and a little bit of supplementary lifts, because 25 reps on its own isn't enough, you need to add a little bit more volume as well. Can you see how this workout starts to blow out a bit now? So you start saying, well, where is the time for the squat, lunge, burpee, shoulder press, backflip? Like, where's the time for it? Mm. If you, what, what are you going to take out for it? Or for us, in our case, it was, where's the time for the handstands? Where's the time for the locomotion and flow? Um, you know, where's the time for all the things that some of us really love to do? but it detracts from the most important stuff, which makes you strong, flexible, and fit. Yeah, a big part of um, the change as well was realizing people weren't getting any more flexible. And the thing yeah, that, that was, was huge, wasn't it? Yeah, and the thing that was limiting their strength was the fact that they're not improving with their mobility, so they can't actually achieve the strength movement well because of a lack of mobility. And uh, where were we going to fit the um flexibility in yeah and it was a it was a really hard move for me because i i have always been the driving force behind the locomotion and flow and movement training at unity gym um and this is it's one of the one of the um strengths of the ums is that because that's always been my passion but for yanni and richard it's always just been you know strength and conditioning training and, and bodybuilding style training um and so we always balanced each other out with the the direction of the program but it was a very hard thing to remove that stuff for me and have it as basically as a bonus thing that anybody can learn it but they have to do it on top of the daily classes and we do have some people that do it we do have some people that come in a bit early we've got students that come in on saturdays people that stay late after class but since we've done that since we've made that move since we've removed all the if for those on the podcast i've got my fingers up in the you know, parenthesis type symbol. I'm saying removed all the useless stuff. Man, are our students getting better results, aren't they, Richie? Like strength, flexibility, fitness through the roof. Unlocking calisthenic skills like muscle ups, like, you know, tuck planches, like levers, yeah. um, skin the cats, you know, all the basic stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, but and, and pull ups as well. Like, pull ups, that's yeah, a yeah. Big one for a lot of people being able to yeah. do their first pull up. There's a lot of people. Yeah. The um, splits, pancakes. Back bridges, yep. really cool stuff, really fun stuff. So, um, you got anything you want to add to that? No, no. So if you're if you're doing workouts that are like that, 
I would ask yourself in the very, very least, look at your program, look at what you're doing in a week and see if when you do something like a back squat, a bench press, a shoulder press, a pull up, a deadlift, um, a handstand push up, um, ring dips, you know, whatever it is. Have you got, is it programmed in that you can get at least 25 to 50 reps on the one movement if you're doing a strength cycle where you're doing five reps or less per set? Or get your head around this, at least 40 to 70 reps on one muscle group uh, doing a minimum of, uh, sorry, a maximum of, no minimum of eight reps per set if you want to build muscle for hypertrophy. These are what the base, this is what the research has shown for decades is what works best. And if you're not getting that, if that's not in there, ooh, you're really going against the research. This isn't just our opinion. There's lots and lots of really good gold standard research that we're just regurgitating here. And if that's you, if you're looking at your program and thinking, Jesus, you know, when I do my bench press, I'm only getting two or three sets of that. I'm only actually getting, you know, 10 to 15 reps or whatever it is then you might want to have a serious think about how you're writing your programs or who's writing them for you because there's a better way to do it and there's a way to do it that you're going to see far superior results. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoyed that show. We're going to uh, jump off now and get into our UMS online coaching group where we do our specific coaching calls for our members answering their questions around uh, their training. And uh, I will see you here tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.